Okay, I have something really important I need to talk about. Um, Please tell me it's Sonic. No, no. Why, it's why not. would you instigate him, Zach? Why would you do it's, that? It's not about Sonic. <laughs> I do have a Sonic story, but I'm not going to tell it. Um, but so I got the this. This had to do with my news thing that we talked about last week too. Um, my my I got the biggest gaming disappointment I think I've gotten in years this past week. Like I'm I'm talking about real disappointment where like. I, there were trailers coming out for this game. There was a demo, and every time it came out, I was like, but I like the vibe of the game so much that I was like, I really want to play that game. Um, Raid Shadow Legends? No. Oh. I it, it was like the feel, the vibe of the game. I was like, oh, that looks like a game that I personally, like ton- totally would enjoy, and I was looking forward to it all this time, and reviews came out this past week. Gameplay came out. I opened up the demo and played it for like 15 minutes just to make sure everything was correct. Um, it's a bad game and it's called Forspoken. Um, it's a PlayStation exclusive game. Um, it used to be called Project Athia, but, um, it was, it was its uh, working name and now it's called Forspoken. Uh, it was announced a while back and it's basically like a fish out of water game. A New York girl who's down on her luck gets sucked into a, like a, another universe, a video game world and, uh, has to basically solve the problems there so she can get back to New York. Like, it's a very much like an isekai anime type thing, and the music, I think, is pretty is pretty stellar. Like, I really like the soundtrack, the vibes that it gives off, um, but the dialogue is pretty cringy. Like, after watching a good bit of gameplay, yeah, dialogue's pretty cringy. It got, it's got a 68 on Metacritic right now, a 69 on Open Critic. Ooh, Ooh nice. Um, and 34% of people liked this video game on Google. Which is oh. incredibly low. Um, and for me... In the trailers leading up to this, it had everything going for it. It had really cool particle effects. It had uh, what looked to be like really solid, like Spider-Man superhero-esque fluid movement. Where I was like, "That looks like a game that I'm gonna enjoy." And especially with the vibes, the like fish out of water story, uh, the dialogue, even in the trailers, even though people were like, "Ah, uh, you know, it seemed a little bit cringy," did seem very much like um, like young adult teen movie style to me. Where I was like, "Oh, that's." Yeah, it might seem like that, but it seems kind of like it still seems like something I'd be into. And after all of this, I opened up the game for 15 minutes, maybe 30 minutes in the demo and played it. And I was like, this doesn't really feel that good. Um, like everything felt a little clunky to me. Um, what did feel okay was the movement a little bit. It felt kind of cool to do like the parkour and stuff as a superhero. The dialogue, they talk way too much. Like why are you why are you giving like you're not even doing cool superhero quips they're just annoying like little tips in the middle of combat and I'm like I don't need those I've learned how to hold down RT um <laughs> and hold then, down RT and then even worse is like the world and even the cutscenes and stuff look so bad like there's some moments where you look out at the game and you're like wow that's a really nice vista and then you go and like get like a little power up upgrade or whatever that feels very like 2005 power up in a PlayStation 2 game and you hop in and the cutscene looks muddy um f- um Frey is the girl's name her face looks all weird and like uh like it like it lost a layer of textures and it's just like it loses everything at certain points and you just, it doesn't really explain why I'm like you're running on a PS5 so I've seen like it can do some pretty good stuff What's wrong with the game? Um, I don't know. It was just so, so, so disappointing to me for a game that I was like, I could see myself playing this. It makes me think of that uh, that stupid scene you showed us from uh, Cyberpunk 
where the ground's like exploding and your friend's like, oh, like running over. And he just phases through that soldier guy just standing there, just runs like right through him. Like, what is happening here? I haven't even shown you guys the funniest cyberpunk clip that I got. Funny I, actually that one? I, I actually recorded a better one. Oh, um, no. So there's one really good one where there's a, there's a series of races you can do in cyberpunk. And I'm sorry I didn't let you talk about Forspoken, Zach, if you had anything to say. I have no thoughts. Um, I guess you spoke for him. <laughs> no, I, I had a completely different thought uh, where I thought you were going, and I haven't heard of Forspoken ever before. There's a really funny clip, though. Um, I finished up one of the races, and so normally what happens at the end of a race is like, you know, you the camera stops you once you cross the finish line. All the other cars pull up behind you. Your characters get out, and it's like, good job. We freaking won. Yeah, let's head home. Uh, collect your money and go home. Now, this one time, I got to the finish line. My car goes to a halt. The girl the girl that's in the car with you is like, oh my gosh, we freaking won. Yes, nice job. And I hear all the other cars coming up, expecting them to like slow down and stop. There's a crowd of people lined up in <gasps> front of us, and all the cars don't stop. They continue <laughs> going through the race, and they go... Right through this gigantic crowd of people throwing them to all sides, and because the the game because the game is pretty buggy still, and in all the other races the car stopped at the right spot, but in this specific race all the cars barrel through the crowd and kill everyone. And because when you run over someone in the game, it's like, ooh, the police aren't gonna like that, and then you get into like a fight. Um, but it, no, all the, like, you just see as the, they mow down the whole crowd and I'm like, well, who's going to get the award now? Like, <laughs> did we really win in this situation? And then seconds later, um, it like does a slight cut and all the cars go back to where they're supposed to be. And like the people start getting up and it's like, that was so weird. Um, but yeah, it was, I have the, the clip. I'll have to show you guys when you come over next time. <laughs> well, it's good that the, uh, the physics engine was working. To make yeah. that happen. Yeah, it was working pretty well. We'll go with that. I, I hate that uh, Zach brought up the Wii U before, because now that you're talking about all these people just flying around, it's making me think of that stupid last level of the Wii Bowling, where there's 99 pins, and you have to try to knock them all down. Just seeing all the people go... Or if you... Um, there was a little secret. If you got to uh, ride the, the rail all the way down with the bowling ball, and it got behind the pins, all of them would explode and just fall down. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was I legit. I never had that happen. No? No. Oh, it was... You had to try for it. It was, it was rough. I got it once or twice. It was pretty cool. Was that just in the uh, the, the special challenge mode where they yeah, had yeah, the, yeah. the different pins? Oh. And stuff? Yeah, it was only the very last one where I, I'm pretty sure it was 99 pins, unless it was like a, some absurd number, like 100 or something. But, you know, that's just coming from me, a pro 300. 300 bowler and we bowling did you get a 300 i did i bowled a 300 we bowling no big deal I guys before, i don't too. think i ever why, did. why would you I take that I... from me zach why would you why would, <laughs> i was having a real i was feeling myself you saw the confidence exuding well, from my what, position what do you here. mean drew we're, we're just in the same club man up, oh, oh, up oh okay top. there we go a little high five action yeah, i'm little, liking that liking that flaccid high five yeah we're too well far away. now oh. i know what i'm gonna grind i'm gonna completely grind we bowling when i get back from basic that whole month <laughs> that whole month of leave i get that's all i'm doing <laughs> just Jokes grinding. on you! That is basic training. I have a I have a Wii and Wii bowling at my house right now because my little cousin didn't want it anymore. <gasps> so I could do it. Yeah, you know, if you want to do it live, uh, Eddie Burback just did. Uh, he he decided because he thought it would be so easy. Uh, he's gonna bowl. I think it was two games, two perfect games of Wii bowling back to back, and he wouldn't stop streaming until he did. And he wasn't able to do it. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> because it, it's actually harder than 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 we remember. So, 
I remember being pretty hard to be honest. Well, you remember when they patched it and they and they made it so that it was impossible. Yeah, yeah, on the the original Wii back when they patched. We're it. joking, Drew. That didn't happen. Oh, I was like, why would they do you that? That's terrible. Surprise in your face. <laughs> I can um, imagine them just rigging the system so that you can't get a perfect score. So you're just trying and trying super hard. You're training yourself, trying to get this one number. You just can't do it because the game locked it off. Well, I mean, speaking of trying, welcome to Table Talk Friday. My name is Seth Pittman. I'm joined by my two lovely friends, Andrew Romano and Zachary Carvron, who I won't live near anymore, and I'm sad about it. Uh, how are you boys doing today? You know, Seth, I'm feeling pretty phenomenal. I'm glad this episode, you actually asked me in the beginning this time. I feel a little more prepared, a little ready to say something. Uh, fun fact for the week, I was at uh, Freedom Park not too long ago, a park near Charlotte. And uh, while I was walking around, there was uh, some rangers walking around, and the rangers saw something in the lake with a little pond, and they walked over, and they pulled some sort of dead animal out of it. So that was pretty cool. Why'd that's, you say that? That's my fun fact. We're starting... No, no, no. We're starting off strong. We're starting off strong. Now, Zach, I need you to top that story, okay? So just bring any sort of positivity. And we're off to a phenomenal start with this podcast. Just just take some time. Think about it. Process. Uh, I'm going to give you a card for that opener. That was pretty good. Yes. Nice. <laughs> that was great. Um, I don't have anything to top that, but I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll just say what just happened today. Uh, and that's I vacuumed the floor. <laughs> <laughs> and so that that was pretty fun in its own way, I'd like to think. Well, uh, so we are going to get in our topic, which is uh, talking about Spelljammer versus Starfinder, because I've read a lot of both and I would like to talk about it. But I need to get into my Sonic story really no! quick. Because today, um, which is January 25th, um, I coached a camp and uh, all... <laughs> Normally what we do is when it comes to like snack time and lunch time when I have all the kids upstairs is I'll I'll take them <laughs> I'll, I'll let them sit down and I'll turn on the TV and my Netflix account, account is the one that's hooked up so they have like a whole camp profile under our Netflix account so I pull it open and you see just the wide plethora of shows that pop up and all the kids are like Pokemon let's watch this let's watch Floor's Lava let's watch this and everybody's shouting and I am stone faced staring at the screen as I see two selections lower Sonic Prime no and I go down no and then you hear the kids no no <laughs> and I click it and I turn it on and I shit you not for the rest of the day when we were upstairs everybody's eyes glued to the TV quiet and I've never had a camp where they actually stayed quiet and watched the show they watched all three episodes that we got through of Sonic Prime quietly. I'm serious. My my boss, Gavin, that's his name. Look him up. Um, <laughs> he, he, he asked me, he was like, what were you guys doing up there? I said, watching Sonic. He was like, that's the quietest I've ever heard can't be. And I was like, it's a good show. <laughs> I feel like that's some sort of torture. Like that's definitely cruel, unusual punishment, forcing these children to watch Sonic the Hedgehog. They loved it. It's and, a good show. You know, if there's one demographic that I think we can all agree loves Sonic the Hedgehog, it's children. I loved Sonic as a child. I still love Sonic. You loved Sonic as a child, I'm sure. Did, did I, Zach? Did I really? I don't know. Did you? <laughs> I, Drew did I don't, not know Sonic as a child. I don't think I ever watched... I To this day, maybe have seen an episode of some sort of Sonic. I don't know. But I feel like I know the entire show because we've talked about it too much on this podcast. But Before I head out in a few days, let's just sit and watch all of Sonic nope, Prime. Nope, absolutely not. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I will, I will watch Sonic Prime with you if you watch Morbius with me. I'm not watching Morbius, dude. <laughs> That's a waste of time. Well, we're already getting together to watch The Legends of Vox Machina oh together. Oh, my God. That's it's right. so good. I, so I watched episode one. I haven't, I'm like fully caught up. I know the next episode is where some of the characters, uh, you remember Cash and Zara? 
Yeah, yeah. That's where they, they get introduced <gasps> in episode two, Ooh. which is going to be very exciting. But I was a little on the fence in season one about like having the... Um, the 3D and like the big monsters being 3D animated and like the actual show being 2D animated. It was really off putting to me at first when I saw like the first dragon and he was 3D animated. I was like, oh, that's weird. But they do it so well in episode one of season two that I was like, I'm kind of digging this. Um, like I was scared of the dragons. Like I, I, I've, I know what's going to happen. Like I've seen it. But like watching, um, they go into like their second arc. Um, in season two, because they finished their first arc in season one, and um, it's scary, <laughs> it's terrifying, it's world ending. Where I'm like, oh man, I want to run this, um, but I'm not going to because you're gonna watch it. I will. We'll watch it together. Yeah, I would love to. We gotta pick a date night one of these days, boys. It's gonna be uh, cute tomorrow. Uh, t- oh, oh. tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I work tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, I work Me tomorrow. Too. But if you guys want to get together, Look, I, have, night, I have five man. days off next week before I head out. So. Uh, Friday, you guys can't hang out. Well, until Friday at night, you guys can hang out with me. But yeah, I got plans. That oh, day. so now you're off limits. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm off limits cool. that day. That's cool. Um, Remember where but, you came from, Seth. I do. Um, your womb. So let's go ahead and get into our... <laughs> so can I go ahead and get into our topic here? Spelljammer versus Starfinder. Now, this isn't really a versus, but what I would like to do is kind of get where your heads are at so that way I can kind of choose a vibe for what I'm going to run in the future because our next campaign will be a space opera. I just need to decide how and where because it works perfectly either way for our current story. Just so you know, Starfinder can work in our current story as can Spelljammer um, just in two separate ways, and that will determine how I end things and how I continue things in the future. So no pressure. Um, but I need some help kind of deciding based on the vibes of the two because Spelljammer, we've already talked about it in depth, is fantasy in space. It is high fantasy in space. It is not sci-fi. It is high fantasy um, because you are actively like, you know, piloting boats and doing stuff in space that have nothing to do with spaceships. There's not a whole lot of technology. Whatever you find on the material plane is probably what you'll also find in space. Um, and that is, that is, uh, Coherent, like it's it, that is along the lines of with everything in Spelljammer and everything that we actually have officially from like Wizards of the Coast, for instance. So, uh, all of it is high fantasy. So the vibes of our campaign won't change very much. Starfinder, on the other hand, is a sci-fi fantasy setting. So there is magic, but there is also like laser guns and spaceships and things like that. All of those things which work. Um, in our current, but you're imagine like you're actually doing like hyperspace jumps, things like that. Whereas in Spelljammer, you're going through the astral plane, um, and traveling who knows how long or how far away into like other little pockets of space, which I'll be honest, starting from the top, I like the vibe and what we would get out of Starfinder more just because it's more co like, um, along the line, like it's more similar to real world, um, but at the same time, like, I also want to have some flying boats. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little conflicted because I do really like that high fantasy feel. But in the same sense, I really just want to be like a, like a normal looking guy almost with like a laser gun or a laser sword or some sort of kinetic armor that, that bursts out like, a, like the, was it the Black Panther from Wakanda, you know, like that, that to me is super sick, you know. So I don't know how far I want to go into it without... I fear losing that fantasy D&D feel 
you know, but I, I still want to go find like a planet made of cheese or something, just something totally off the wall, like some funny shenanigans. I want to be in a spaceship. I want to wear like a space helmet. You know, I want there to be all of these different things. I want the, the like, I was going to say sky be the limit, but I guess that's contrary to the whole Spelljammer vibe. Um, but I want that. I want there to be anything's possible, but I still want to have the simplicity of D&D where, you know, I'm an Eldritch Knight wearing heavy plate armor, but I have a space suit on also. You know, I just want it to be emphasized D&D in space, if that makes sense. Well, I, I'll say that for the longest time, I've been intrigued by uh, those few pages in the DMG where they've got all the, these, uh, you know, modern or, uh, you know, firearms and, and different uh, styles of uh, those kinds of weapons. I've always wanted to have like a, a laser pistol show up at some point. Uh, but at the same time, I I really value the uh, the the groundedness of D and D, where there's not a it's still there's a basis in fantasy, and I, I I'd say even Star Wars sort of toes the line between because we are uh, you know we're we're Jedi knights who run around with glorified swords, and you know yes there are uh, you know laser guns being shot, but it's not. Uh, there's not a huge level of technology that you sort of have to understand. It's still very much like, well, this is more or less, uh, you know, boats, uh, and now we're just setting it in space. Um, I, I, I think I want a happy medium because I, I, I definitely love the idea of, yeah, give me a lightsaber, give, give me a laser gun, but uh, I don't necessarily want to understand the the fuselage of my my space vessel and you know uh, be be thinking about exhaust ports and um and all of that stuff necessarily I, I think I, well, I might we, need we, a little we bit we more definitely buy-in. we definitely won't go so far as to like we don't have to go so far as to like we have to understand every tiny little detail of a spaceship oh for sure um, like but what I'm saying is are we pushing all the way into sci-fi or are we staying in high fantasy because personally I want to try some sci-fi stuff. Like, just because I, I like, and I'm not saying this doesn't have anything to do with system yet because we haven't tried Starfinder. I, I want to try Starfinder before we know if we like it. I'm saying as far as vibes for next campaign. Doesn't matter what system we're running it in. As far as vibes go, the, uh, when I think Starfinder, I think, whoa, 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 hold up. That's a little too far right off the bat, right? And I think Spelljammer, I'm like, okay. That's still very much so a D&D. A lot of new space flavor, a different setting, but I almost want just like a little bit more. I want to be a man with a longsword. I want to run up to someone with a laser gun and slice it in half is what I want to do. <laughs> That's my, my cool moment that I want. I want a little of both worlds. And again, not the, not the systems, but I still I, I want to feel like Zach said. I want to feel grounded. I want to feel like there's still this system in play. It's still the simplicity or at least the similarities of what we've been playing with for so long without being a full shenanigans Starfinder. There's nothing but spaceships and planets and I don't know, other space things, I guess, without taking in a lot of the fantasy aspects. Well, yeah, yeah you know, and it, it entirely depends on sort of where our, our story's go, going, because I almost feel like Starfinder might be a little too far in the sci-fi direction if we want to keep things set in our world with our characters. Uh, I, I feel like it might be a hard pill to swallow uh, to think that uh, Oswin and Beryl exist in, in the same world as Master Chief, you know? <laughs> well, there are some solutions to that. 
Oh, um, absolutely. And we can, you know, we could do plane shifting or, or you know, uh, Dream of the Blue Veil. We end up in an, an entirely different setting. We, we've set the, the groundwork for, like, there's a multiverse out there and there is an Oswin who exists in Eberron. Uh, so that's that that's something that I'm I'm chill with, but I I think the the vibe would definitely be different uh, for like a a full sci-fi uh, setting versus a Spelljammer, which is still very D and D. So then, so me- you want you guys want a happy medium? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about a fish out of water story, and or um. Both sides kind of coming together at points. I don't know. I'm trying. To, I'm trying to brainstorm here without giving away my ideas. Um, I I think I would rather I would rather underdo it than overdo it. If that makes sense, I don't want there to be too much that it it doesn't feel like D and D anymore. Right. So it definitely has to be a mashup of of both of them, but to the same sense, if you're making a decision about it and you're like, is this too far? Maybe err on the side of caution and be like, it probably is. You know, pull back a little bit. I don't know if I speak for Zach or not, but I feel that's kind of the way I'm vibing. Well, and you know, I'm really just talking out of my my what I think I want. Um, but that's I, I'd love to play a like a full sci-fi session and see where where we land with that. But uh, again, there's just uh, I'm not sure if I could fully do uh, a fish out of water story might be cool, but at the same time, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm fully willing to commit like, okay, maybe my D&D character ends up in a fully sci-fi world. I think that's a little too far where yeah. it's it's like mm, the, these things don't fully work together in my brain. Right. You, you've got to you got to have the mashup for that specific thing to work for me okay. conceptually. But, okay. but got- if, if we're divorcing this from like our our, you know, uh, canon story uh, that, that we've got so far in like our D&D campaign. Then yeah, fuck yeah. Let's do I de- sci-fi. I definitely want to try uh, at least a short campaign, depending on how much I like Starfinder, like the systems of it, in a fully sci-fi setting. Because like I, as much as I love fantasy, I also really, really love sci-fi and have not gotten to experience that in a tabletop setting. Like Mad, the Mass Effect trilogy being my like favorite series of games should tell you a lot in that I really love sci-fi. So I want to play some sci-fi at some point whether that's like with a smaller separate group and we do like you know a 12 session campaign or whether we have a longer term thing or whether our main group is like you know what let's do some sci-fi for a while it doesn't have to take place in our in our canon of course um because i i think i agree that um it's a little too far to like try to mesh everything together just because it's like oh it needs to be one story it doesn't have to be one story it can be this can be a separate thing um but i do have some really cool some really cool ideas and plans for the current story um, that do involve space. So given that, I just kind of am like, well, if if I'm going to be running some sci-fi stuff, do I also want to have a lot of Spelljammer stuff going at the same time? Because they're very cool, and both of them are very cool in concept. Um, it's just like, you know, making making it all fit as, like, the writer is, like, it's it's a little nerve wracking because I'm like oh, I've got these stories I want to run, but I got these stories I want to run, and I can't run them all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, what I'll say is it it depends on sort of where we want to take the cosmology be- because 
uh, Spelljammer is already sort of stepping away from, well, yeah, we've got the, the upper planes and the lower planes, and then there's the, the outer realm and, and uh, the far realms. And yeah, the, the way space works in the player's handbook, there's no astral sea. It's the astral plane, and, you know, boats don't sail through it, <laughs> really. I mean, they could, but, um, but it's not uh, described in the same way, and, you know, there's not really outer space the way we think it. So uh, that, that's already a step in that direction. Um, so uh, uh, what I'm saying is we can make anything work. Uh, it's just got to be done. It's got to, it's got to be done well. So <laughs> I, I, I want, I really want to know what you're thinking. Um, but Drew has gotten to talk to me a little more about it only because he knows some stuff for later for with, for, with his current character. Ah. And so I've gotten to talk to him a little bit more about it, but um, I kind of, I kind of like the ideas that we've got, like that, um, with the whole, the whole little thing you, we talked about earlier that we can't talk about the whole live, secret thing, yeah. the whole little secret thing. I really like having that play in and having that lead to something down the line. And that makes me question whether I want to introduce the astral sea and like other, other wild spaces, um, specifically because I'm like, well, I like where this leads us, you know? Um, for the future, because mm. if it's going to work in the way that my brain says it works, the astral sea can't exist. I think the the astral sea can exist, but I also I don't think the astral sea is like sci-fi per se. Like to me, that's still high fantasy. Like, no, no, no. The astral sea that's, still that's what I'm saying. In. That's the high fantasy one. But the way I kind of want it to exist might include some sci-fi elements like that our fantasy characters don't interact with. You know, that's a separate thing. You're talking thing. like the lore of it? Yeah. Okay. Um, hmm. See, I, I almost want the answer to be like, let's, you know, start rolling with it and see where it happens because I do want to go full-fledged eventually, even if, like you said, it's a separate thing. Um, but, you know, if you're setting up the world beforehand, that poses a different question. So. And I almost want our fantasy world in the future to stay. I don't want to retcon things or like have to go to another world in don't order taint to... our world we spent four years building right like i kind of wanted to still stay kind of grounded you know yeah like yeah, if, uh, if we introduce a ton of spell jammer stuff to the world like it like you know time passes and spell jammer stuff comes into play now i've got to create a new timeline to where you know it makes sense why we wouldn't just fly a spell jammer over there or like a spell jamming vessel over there yeah my my thought is i almost don't want it to become like Dragon Ball Z, you know, like where this is our planet and it exists in like, you know, a, a moderate, uh, you know, fantasy setting. But, you know, you go across the world and uh, and Frieza's over there and he's been conquering planets. And like there's this whole uh, galactic, uh, you know, scale story that's been taking place. And and, you know, um, and it, the vibe completely changes, you know, or the or the themes. And we once we uh, we get the cat out of the bag, out of the sci-fi bag, uh, you can't put it back in necessarily, <laughs> right? Unless it's like a little a little Easter egg, like uh, uh, Lanky Eric. He threw in uh, those aliens that showed up, uh, and they they needed to get back to their planet as like <laughs> just a, a little one-off gag. Like, how would you interact with that? Oh, well, that that was really fun, but it doesn't like ruin my my immersion because we weren't asking those questions of, okay, how does the, the cosmos works or how does the cosmos work? That's English. Um, and, uh, in our current campaign, we are kind of asking that because we're, we're going all the way to the bottom of hell. So how does hell work when space exists? 
Right. Well, also, we plan to have one of our characters grounded, no, from, from Earth or the material plane. Right. So the idea that we then go to space, I feel like we're going to be explaining stuff to that person. Well, all of this is subject to change, though, because of the decisions we make. Because if we want things to go a certain way, we might have, like, a slightly different origin story. If we do decide to go like, hey, let's do a little bit full sci-fi for a while, we're going to do Spelljammer, but we kind of want our place to stay cohesive, then we might not need a grounded character anymore. Maybe everybody's wild spacers. Or, uh, and or, we go over to like Starfinder for like, hey, actually, we, we would like to try uh, full, full sci-fi for a bit, then I can have a short campaign for us to go full sci-fi for a bit. Um, so it's like we've got all these options. Um but yeah, I, I agree that like I don't I, I do want to either way my ending works, which is great. Good. So either way, <laughs> the way I've written the story, I don't have to change a damn thing. Everything's good. Um it's just for what happens after that and what I write next um that's gonna change. So you have me you have me conflicted now. <laughs> I'm stressed about this. <laughs> I dude, I've been thinking about it for weeks. <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna use use reference right. So a while ago we started Spelljammer Academy, which was a series of of sessions. We were going. We only did one, I believe. I don't think we did a yeah, second one. Yeah, we just one. did one. Yeah, but it, it was gonna be one of five. I think it's written as four, but we oh, we, we were, got we were two sessions do two. done in one. Oh, two. Oh, two. I thought it was like one of no, five. No, two no. sessions. Okay. Well, it was gonna be one, two, a, a few sessions there that was gonna give us a good feel for Spelljammer. And looking back on that. I really had a blast doing it. Me too. I, from the beginning, have been very, I don't want to say skeptical, but kind of standoffish. Like, oh, you know, I love space. I just don't know if I want to jump all the way in. You know, I'm not sure. I really like the idea of being a plasmoid, which is totally off the charts. But in the same sense, it's like, I still really like this this grounded material plane sort of feel where we're not plane shifting everywhere, right? So looking back to that one session that we did play, I really, really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. And if I were to review that session, I would say I could do that for 50, 60 sessions for sure. Like no questions asked. So I don't know if that's like a, like a hard answer, but I think I definitely am leaning Spelljammer as opposed to a very sci-fi setting at this moment based off pure experience. That's not to say that if we were to try a one-off on the other end of things, on the on the far right over here where we have, you know, everything space and beyond you know maybe i'll like that more but right now i feel very comfortable high fantasy space setting and spell jammer and that's i think that i think that's my position i'm okay. holding okay. firm yeah you know i i think i'm also leaning towards spell jammer just but i think it's sort of because that's that's sort of where tastes are are naturally bound to go so like um if if we think about the history of D and D, we we've got uh, you know fantasy, 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 and then in the '90s we started shaking shit up and saying, oh well, uh, you know now we're uh, we're doing a lot with other planes of existence, and we build a whole setting out for it. It's planescape, and and now we're traveling to all these different planes. And then we say, ah, oh, that's cool. I like the idea of jumping to other worlds. And so in our D and D campaign, I think we're we're sort of at that stage where we're like, ooh. The sky's the limit, baby. We can go to any separate world. But you know what would be even cooler? If we went to space to get to other worlds. And then that's sort of where we jump there. Oh, but we still want like our fantasy setting, right? So I, I think we're, we're sort of like at that stage. And then, you know, you get into the early 2000s and, you know, uh, Pathfinder comes out. And those same players 
who were super jazzed about Spelljammer are now, now like, you know, I really want to get my sci-fi fix again. Let's do sci-fi, but let's do it, do it. Um, All the way. So, so I think uh, I'm currently at that stage where Spelljammer still seems like a really novel idea for me, yeah. and I want to play it out. Um, if, if nothing else, to justify that purchase <laughs> of those lackluster books. Um, well, just I, I want to be a gif, and I want to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do, do, uh, you know, well, si- we can justify that purchase no matter what because I will be running like an Eberron thing in the future. I be- I still believe that's my plan, um, and I want to use those races. Um, one because Eberron is a fan made setting, and I really dig it. Like that steampunk fantasy vibe is honestly, if we're doing fantasy, might be my favorite. Just like the the slight taste of technology being available. Uh, I really dig, and I would definitely have GIF in Eberron because I think they fit so well. Um, like the the GIF with the pipe, just like who's leading the command and like whatever city. Yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of it. I think I will still run that in the future. Um, if not, I'll run a different setting that that features like other races and stuff. So we'll definitely be using like I'll use stuff from the Spelljammer things. I'm just really thinking right now because again with with the way things are are set up. I'm like, ah, oh, do I really want to? Do I really want to open that can of worms to our cool, grounded fantasy world? Um, I mean, you could always, you could always just take the angle that it's. I mean, I don't want to say the timeline thing's a cop out. It's not. Um, but to the same sense, I don't feel like you know, if it was all the same world, right? And we, you know, hyper warped or whatever away from the material plane, and we were in space, and there was a nearby solar system that was getting eaten by Galactus. You know, like to me, it, despite it being a Galactus, it doesn't feel our whole journey in into hell and, and fighting Asmodeus. To me, that doesn't feel any less crucial. You know, like that's still that was world ending for where we were at. You know, that the fate of that planet, if you will, or that realm was very much so real. And it was, it's still a, a significant uh, staple in the lore of the world or whatever. You know, it's just not an entire solar system being at, at, at play. I think it right. still works out fine. At the very least... What may end up happening, um, if we if we still go like, if we still end up going like the the spell jamming vessel route, then like the high fantasy, then what I'll probably do is I'll I'll roll with the punches. I don't know if I'll do Light of Xerixis only because I want to I want to do my best to support third parties right now. So I might buy a new third party one and do and do a different one. I think Light of Xerixis is pretty good, um, but I I could do better. Um, <laughs> so, um. What I at the very least, what I might do is I might still do what you and I talked about, Drew. Ooh, where um, the kissing or the D and D thing? Where it's kind of a separate thing. Oh, okay, um, gotcha. And um, make it work to where like spell jamming in the world is still a secret, almost. You know, where it's not something that everybody knows about, and and use kind of what we talked about to make that a reality. I think that works perfectly well. And I think based off what we talked about, Wink, Zach, look away. Um, I think uh, I, I think you have a lot to, to play with there. You yeah, definitely have a, your your play set. So much mold. bigger than just like knowing knowing the boat, right? Based on based on our conversation, Damn. it's so much bigger than that. That I'm like, okay, that that makes sense to me. Um, and then on the side, I would also like to um, honestly, if because D and D actually like really relaxes me, like planning and playing the game. Like a lot of times, for the few hours leading up to doing a session, I won't even have a podcast or anything on. I'll just have D and D background music in my ears while I'm like pacing back and forth, thinking and doing things. Um, 
So if, if I'm realistically, if I'm doing like some really tough stuff, like in the military or like I'm working on something uh, really important, then uh, it might be relaxing if I have time to like throw together some more sessions because I'll feel good about it. So um, that being said, I can still run. I can st- I, I do want to play something sci-fi. Like I just really have that itch right now where like I've been playing high fantasy for like five years and I really want to play some sci-fi because I almost, I almost played Mass Effect again the other day, Drew. Can you no, believe you that? No, you can't. That's I too boot, much. I booted up Mass Effect 1 and made a character and was like, I'm so ready and then I quit because I was like, Drew would yell at me. First um, of all, first <laughs> of all, you shouldn't be playing Mass Effect again. Two, if you're going to play Mass Effect, be female Shepard. Don't be making a new character. No, I was gonna play male shepherd because I did female you can't, last time. No, no, no. Female shepherd is way better than male shepherd. I could, but, but I, but. <laughs> How do you know, Drew? You've only seen female but shepherd. That's not. But I need I've rom- seen the clips. Drew, Drew, Drew. I need to romance Tali. And she's straight. That's lame. <laughs> that's lame. <sighs> um, but I, I will say, I would like to give you a piece of advice that I have given before and talked about in this podcast. Um, don't. You know, think about all this this stuff that you can do. Think about future sessions or, or cool ideas, but don't overstress yourself with this next coming campaign yet because you have a solid foundation of what you want to do. And when I first started DMing, it was just, it was all homebrew. I made up my own world. And you know what? When they were in a city, they I told them there was another city nearby. I didn't know its name. It wasn't built yet, but there was a city nearby and I told them about it. And if they asked a question, I had to make something up. So don't be afraid to, you know, Hold off on it for a little bit. You know, you don't need to know the whole picture yet. We're we're all different players. We're all going to change and, and goof up your plans anyway. So don't I know. maybe don't make the whole picture just yet. See where it goes well, and, yeah. and see where we go. Well, that's yeah. why we did this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, we're we're in that middle phase. And uh, if there's one thing I know about D and D plans, it's that they change. Um, and sometimes the adventure that you thought was coming next. Uh, well, when I ran Curse of Strahd, I had a whole second campaign planned out. You guys were going to get from level 12 to level 20, absolutely, and you were going to be plane hopping and, and battling, you know, uh, eldritch gods and shit, and, you know, that it just didn't happen. But but we talked about it, and, you know, uh, it it could have gone there if uh, if we had the time or, or the place, but we didn't have the time or the place. Yes, but I'm, I'm going to make it happen because I have, I have like, a 20-year-long story I have to get out right now uh, that I've been, like literally consistently writing over the last four years, five years that I, you know, and I expect that my friends are going to be playing D and D with me until we die. Well, Drew will die in the next 10 years, so he won't get to see the end, but, but you guys will. um, (laughs) (laughs) Don't put that out there. He tells me that all the time, dude. You can't tell me that. I feel it coming. I feel it's coming. He says that all the time. I know. He says that all the time. He goes, yeah, I don't know. I just know I'm going to get a disease in my 30s and die. He says that all be, the man. time. He's been telling me that okay, for like, okay, what, but how many years has it been? Seven? It's I know. I know. <laughs> okay, okay. Hold up. Hold up. I'm playing a divination wizard for a specific reason, guys. You ever... Okay, you ever... <laughs> <laughs> he says he's gonna catch it, a disease in his 30s I just, I just know it doesn't even necessarily have to be my 30s for sure that's what you said I just that's just my guesstimation <laughs> I, I don't know the facts I just hear them the people are telling me I, I'm hearing the voices from space the astral sea <laughs> they're telling me I know that's that's my way to go you know some people say like oh I know I'm gonna or they take those stupid quizzes on Facebook or something it's like oh you know this is my perfect husband or blah blah this is how what was that stupid mash game when you were a kid you were like the, what was it? That stupid paper, you know, where it was you used yes, four fingers yes. and you mashed it around. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, My yeah. mother told catcher? me, whatever it was. Cootie catcher. It's like that. I just, I just know in my soul that's my way I'm going to go. That's it. That's the way. 
And we say Zach's superstitious because I roll <laughs> dice a certain way. Well, I'm not superstitious. I just know what's going to happen, no. Zach. You you roll dice because you're weird. It's, super sketch- <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know. Yeah, so do not take this out on me. He's been saying that to me for seven years. <laughs> and my yearly checkup's coming, Zach. It might be this year. Never know. Well, don't die. Um, <laughs> um, so, but yes, I have, this, I have this long, like, overarching idea in my head, and I need to reveal it because I know where I want it to go. Um, like, I know where, at least ten years down the line, I want a big reveal. <laughs> so I love the big reveal, but don't forget, we did just try. If you checked out our last episode, the monster of the week. So if you do have a little story you got to get out, you could always just in 30 minutes hash it out with the boys. No, no, no. no it has it, to do with our long... It. It, no, yeah, exactly. It has to do like with our long-running campaign. Like Stuff is happening consistently, and I've been laying breadcrumbs here and there so that I can bring it back, baby. And it's going to be like three campaigns down the line. You're going to be going to fight who's what's in the, the wherever, and you're, you're going <laughs> to fight what's? who's what's in the wherever... And all of a sudden, they show up, and you're like, what? That character's here? This is going to happen? What? That's crazy. And and you, you never, you'll you never see it coming, and it's going to be awesome. I got the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah. You should. Is it the Weevil? Is it the Weevil from Storm Kings? It's no. not the Weevil. It's definitely no, the Weevil. I know it that is. That wouldn't be impactful. Um, no, this is big stuff, and I'm not telling you anything, because... You won't you won't expect it. You won't know what's coming. You're just gonna get your shit kicked in. <laughs> what if it's like the Weevil from like the comics though, and he's like, uh, what is it, Kong, Kong or Kang, Kang the Conqueror, or whatever it is, and it's all the Weevils from different universes all working together to overthrow the universe. No, think I, about know it. Exactly, think about it. I know exactly. I know exactly this could be how happening. I'm going to get you to where I want to get you, and it's gonna be wonderful. I'm going to be disappointed if it's not just some random third-party NPC that we met at, like, the second campaign. Oh, oh, no. No, 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 no. Thank you for listening to this episode of Table Talk Friday. My name has been Seth Pittman. I'm joined by my two lovely fa- friends, Zachary Carvon and Andrew Romano. Ah, uh, man. Can't wait. Anyways, you can find us on TikTok at Table Talk Friday, Instagram at Table Talk Friday, YouTube at Table Talk Friday, um, twi- Twitter at Table Talk Friday, not Twitch. We don't have a Twitch. Um, and Patreon.com slash Table Talk Friday, where Good Old Gamer has been keeping up with us, Whoop. supporting the show, along with some other patrons that have been joining in lately, which is hecka awesome, um, meaning that we can buy a new USB box for uh, Drew and Zach since... Oh, yeah, Whoop. we can use that money for that. You guys can get a new USB box since I'm going to be in California for a year. And then, you know, we... We, we, we put it back into the show. So if you want to support the show and you like the show, please check out patreon.com. You'll find post shows where the last many have been just me alone by myself crying to sleep. Said <laughs> <laughs> you can't fall asleep on the post. <laughs> oh, no. I'm yeah, Just imagine me laying in bed at the post doing like, hey, guys, I just wanted to go ahead and knock out uh, this, uh, this post show this week. Uh, um kind of tired because it's been a really long day and just wanted to let you know i appreciate you <laughs> anyways uh find out find my cool solo post shows over there where um i've been filling in right now when you're listening to this episode i'm probably in basic training so um i hope you're enjoying what we've been putting out thus far you can find us on patreon.com slash table talk but right now i need the weevil 
to take us out. Ah, oh, after ten long years, <laughs> I finally found you, listener of Table Talk Friday. I hope you enjoyed the show, because it will be the last one that you'll listen to today, unless there's another one out. Then you can watch that one as well, or listen to it. You can't really watch audio. I don't know why I said that. Oh boy, I sure hope you didn't wait ten years for this. <laughs> anyway, I, I, uh, ooh, I, I just have the giggles anyway. I hope you have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>